Well, I, I'm really, I've been really excited for this weekend. If you're new around Timberline, usually the first two to three weeks of the year, every year, I sort of bring, I don't know if, if I would call it the state of the church message, but I'd sort of just share my heart and what I believe God is passionate about for us as a church. And so next week we're going to look about what, what does it mean to pursue God with our whole heart as a church? And what does it mean the following week to pursue people with everything we have? Because that's, that's the message. But today we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk, we're going to get in your life and and we're going to, how many of you are nervous already? You just, yeah, don't be nervous, don't be fearful. This is good. But I, I want this to feel personal. And it's, it's personal for me because God has taken me through some stuff in my life that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share and just be open and transparent about in terms of just the, the things that I know for this year, he's, he's putting the ask in my heart. And, and I'm excited about it. So I, I want you to just, will you do me a favor and... And, and open yourself up to what the Spirit might put in you. Let's not just get through these next few minutes. Just really say, Lord, I want to hear. I'm going to do some self-examination. That's what New Year's all about. As a matter of fact, you know, we, we have this thing that we have uh, simply called Vision 2020. That's kind of these few weeks, Vision 2020. And then we kind of mirrored it and flipped it over and put 2020 Vision. little play on words there, but 2020 Vision is important. How many of you have it? How many of you have 2020 vision? Oh, bless your heart. Pray for the rest of us. No. 2020 vision is a blessing. Why? Because you can see and you have clarity. And that's what I want to talk about today is clarity in your life. Do you have clarity in where you're going in your life? Is it clear to you? Now, I realize life is a journey and lots of things come and go and we can't anticipate everything. I get that. But I believe this moment, this message today is all about you asking some hard questions of your own life, your own mind and heart to do some self-examination and to really take it seriously. I like doing New Year. I'm, I'm not a big New Year's resolution. I don't really call them that. But I view a new year as kind of a fresh start for some things in my life. Does anyone else have some goals you're setting? And just, you know, maybe it's not a list of 20 things. But I like refreshing. I like hitting that reboot button at least once a year and saying, God, what is it this year that you want me to be more passionate about? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to hold on to? What do I need to pursue even more? I want you to have that clarity this year. So we're going to talk about some of your personal goals and what you are pursuing. I, uh, I've met a few people in my life that were very passionate, but they did not have direction. You ever met someone like that? They're just passionate. Man, just, I'm excited. I'm excited. What are you excited about? I don't know, but I'm excited. Where are you going? I don't know, but I'll be happy to get there. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just that, that passion. I, I think it's better if we can find the direction that God is calling us to, and then we let that passion fuel that momentum going into that. So that's what this, this weekend's all about. So, so let me read something that has really challenged me, and it's from a guy that his name is Paul, the Apostle Paul. We'll talk about him a little bit, but, but this passage in Philippians chapter 3 is very well known. It's one of those passages that you put on plaques and some of you have it in your home. But, but it's important that we understand what it really means. And it says this, it's in Philippians 3 verse 12. 
Paul says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. He's acknowledging that he's not there yet. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive my heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. That right there is Paul's mission in life. He is pressing through, he's going to make it, and he is passionate about it. So how can I get clarity about the passions that I'm supposed to have? There are five things that I want to just challenge you with today that I hope will help us get clarity in our lives. If you have a program, go to the back page. And first one is this. Clarity comes when I evaluate. Clarity comes when, I, when I'm willing to evaluate where I've been, what my journey has looked like. Some of you right now, you, you work at a place where they do a annual evaluations or maybe you have a business and, and evaluation is a big part and there's forms and tests and all kinds of ways that we evaluate people. But I know that Paul said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved it. When he says that, what we just read in verse 12, what he's saying is, I'm evaluating my life. I'm not there yet. But I'm looking at the things in my life that will help me get there. As I look back over 2019, and, and I'll just share a couple things about Timberline, then we'll get back to, to you. But as a church, I stood right here on this platform a year ago and said our theme for 2019 was going to be Pray, Give, Go. And I want to thank you for embracing that, man. We prayed more, gave more, went more than we ever have in our history as a church. And thank you for that. Um, we've been praying Wednesday noon prayer. Thank you so many of you who've made that a part of your life. We're going to continue that in 2020, but we're not going to meet at the church. We got to thinking about that. It's like asking you to use the gas to drive here for five minutes may not make sense. But we're still going to use Facebook. So Wednesday at noon, you can, you can still join us on, on Facebook. But I, I think about what we've done in, in Larimer County. And our partnerships here with so many different agencies in Weld County with our Windsor campus and Old Town. I think of, of some of the things that you have done and your engagement, your involvement. The families that we adopted over Christmas that we have fed, that we have cared for, that we have given to. It's, um, it's staggering, honestly. It's staggering. Because you are people who were not afraid to accept the challenge. Why did we pray, give, go more? Because we in, we're intentional. And that's what I want you to think about in your life. What are you being intentional about in your life so that it happens? Now, evaluation doesn't need to be something that happens only when things go bad. We need to evaluate things that are good in our lives as well. I, I have a little, I have, I have these little systems that I keep in my, my phone and my computer that help me in different uh, times during the year in my life. And one of the things that I try to do annually is I... I see how I'm doing. I evaluate. So I have a couple questions that I ask myself. I'm going to share those with you. You can use them if you want, but you certainly don't need to. This is one of the questions that I am asking right now. Is my time and money reflecting my priorities? 
The priorities I personally set in 2019 is my time and money reflecting that I have been pursuing those. Let me give you an example. So Bonnie and I are, we, we use a credit card that we get miles for because we have grandchildren, right? So we use it for everything possible. We pay it off every month, but, but we use it as much as possible because we, we want to get those miles if we're going to buy it anyway. Why not? But at the end of each year, the credit card company we use sends me a portfolio. It's like a little booklet, and it has categories of everything we have purchased for the whole year. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you get one of those too. And so I, I'll sit down with that, and, and it, it, it makes categories. I don't know how it knows, but, but it's probably by the store that you purchase, dining, recreation, and it just has all these categories uh, home improvements and all of that. And so I look at that and I go, okay, did I spend money on the priorities that we set? And one of our priorities in 2019 was to spend more time with our grandkids. And I can promise you we spent more money <laughs> to see our grandkids. <laughs> a little more than we budgeted. You know what I'm saying? But, but that's a win because that was part of my evaluation was I did what I wanted to do. That's what I'm asking you to consider. Are you doing what you say you're going to do? Are you using your vacation days, your time? Are your hobbies a reflection of interests that you want to have? Or are you just going through the routines where it doesn't really matter? Another question I always ask, is there anyone else that needs to be involved in my story? And who might that be? Is there, is there another good friend that that I need in my life? Is there accountability that I need that I, that I don't have right now? I have great accountability. I have great friendship. But I want to stay open. And I want to invite you to stay open to saying, Lord, who do you have that's maybe not in my life right now that could be in my life if I'm open and willing to open my life to them? And you can't open your life to everybody. I get that. But maybe that's something we should ask. Am I getting closer to my goals, relationships, Money, time, energy. Am I pursuing the things I should be pursuing? Evaluation is important. The second one in your outline is this. Clarity comes when I choose a direction. When I choose a direction that I know I need to go, then suddenly I can have clarity about it. Paul said it this way. But I press on. I press on. And, and that is a passionate statement. He's saying through thick and thin, through trials, through the journeys of my life, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give up because I know the direction that I'm going. So I'm not talking necessarily about a career here. People change careers all the time. I'm talking about the moral compass in your life about how you want to live morally in your life. So let me, let me illustrate it this way. Do you believe in God? Most of you do. Maybe there might be some people here that don't. We welcome you for sure. Um, but, but I believe in God. I also believe that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit and contains truth. So the Bible is my roadmap to how I want to conduct my life. Anyone else can say that with me? I don't always get it right, but I, I try, and I want you to try. So if I have those two things that I have direction with, then I'm probably not going to mess up in 
the big things that the Bible teaches me not to do. I might not have certain friends because that's going to create certain temptations I don't want to have in my life. I might not go to certain events or certain places. I might not end up in places that I know will not allow my life to have the testimony that I want it to have. You following me? So, so all of a sudden, just by direction, just by saying I believe in God and I believe in the word of God, that's a roadmap for me. So suddenly, I can, I can, I'm not going to let lust get its hook in me. I'm not going to let greed. I'm not going to let addiction take my life to a point. Why? Because I'm going to step back from the cliff. I'm, I'm going to have a direction that's not running toward that. And a tons of people run toward that thinking they can stop. But I'm telling you, the momentum can push you over the edge, and I see it all the time. So I'm making decisions based on the fact that this is the direction I want to go in my life, and I'm passionate about that. Paul was passionate about that. He was determined that he was going to live a, a life with direction toward God, not running away, not flirtation with the world, but toward God. The third thing that I, I want to say is that clarity comes um, when, I, when I focus. So, yes, I, I evaluate, I, I get direction, and then I have this moment when I go, okay, what does this look like? Paul put it this way, I focus on this one thing. I focus on this one thing. Wouldn't it be nice to have one thing to focus on <laughs> in your life? How could we reduce it down to that? What's the one thing that matters most? I remember... I was, I don't know, I was probably 19 or 20 years old, and I got all excited about photography. And I still like photography because I love nature. I love animals. I love being outside. That's why I love Colorado so much. And I went and bought one of those SLR cameras with the telephoto lens, and I was so pumped. Man, I was going to be a photographer, and I bought the tripod. And, and, I, and this was before the days of autofocus, right? Autofocus. And there was no digital technology. So you could waste a lot of money on pictures that were horrible. How many of you remember those days? I mean, yeah, and you get it developed and you go, this is not what I thought it was going to look like. Ah, what a bummer. Now my phone has a better camera than that camera probably was. It's crazy. But I know this. I can still remember this one scene that I went up into uh, the Grand Mesa. I lived in Grand Junction. And I went up to the Grand Mesa and I put that camera up and I had this picture and I, I can still just almost feel that lens trying to turn it to get the exact focus that I wanted to have. And I feel like that this year. I'm saying, Lord, show us as a, as a people group and as individuals, what is it that you need to do to fine-tune that lens? And what happens when I focus? Well, suddenly I see what I'm wanting to see. I see it clearly. I also can determine a plan once I know the direction I'm going and I'm focusing on the goal. That's what Paul did. I, I can do this. I'm focusing on this one thing. And then that helps me to finish strong. So there's all kinds of side notes to this, but I want to go to number four because it's, it's where a lot of bad things happen with people. And I really want to talk about this one from my heart. Number four, clarity comes when I move beyond my past. Clarity really comes when I make a decision that I have a future. We all have a past. How many of you have one of those? Yeah, we all have a past. Paul puts it this way. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
Now, before we move on, we might want to just stop and talk about Paul for a moment. Anybody know who he is? What was his name before he was Paul? Saul. What was his job? Yeah, killing Christians, persecuting the church. His job literally was to go into towns and arrest people who were believers like we are. And he, he was mean. He was brutal. And suddenly, God shines a light on Paul. He falls down. He's blind for three days. A messenger is sent who says, you got to change your ways. A voice from heaven comes out. Why are you persecuting me? Paul all of a sudden became Paul the apostle. He became a missionary. He became a church planter. Did he have a past? Uh, yeah. I think that's why he is, it's remarkable that he's the one saying this is because he knows that without this, without forgetting the past and looking forward, he's stuck. He's stuck. You can't go forward when you're living back there. Now, how many of you have ever made a mistake you wish you could take back? Okay, some of you are just liars, period. Just, that's a, okay. How many of you just don't raise your hand to anything when the pastor says, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, so here's, here's kind of what, what I, I want to I illustrate something. This is important. Big, what, big blackboard here. What do you basically see there? A snowball. I like that. A dot. It's a white dot. It's a white dot. Just look at it for a moment. See, what happens is the big black board is still here. There's much more space in the black than there is this white. But that's what you look at. This is our life story. We all have dots. We, we have dots from mistakes that we have made in the past and we don't know how to move on because it's what we see. And that, that song that we sang earlier about the enemy trying to, you know, get his hook in us, God is greater. That's the dot. That's the dot. If, if I focused on the dots in my life, I would never stand at this podium, ever. I couldn't. Because this brings shame, embarrassment, humility. Why? Because I blew it. It's embarrassing. How could I preach the gospel knowing that I did that? You know what I'm saying? We all have dots. And so I am going to do my very best to help some of you today move through the dots in your life if you haven't. Now, if you already have, you made a huge mistake in your past, you've taken it to the cross, don't dig it up again today. I, I get that. But for some of you, this could be life-changing. This could be the 2020 vision that, that is going to set you free. Just three little things to let you get over the dots. And here's what they are. They're very simple. The first one is own your mistakes. Own them. Acknowledge it. I am blown away at the people I talk to who say, well, you don't know what they did. They said this and I just got mad. And, but if they wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have had to do this. They're blaming someone else for their behavior. You know, it doesn't matter what someone else does. You need to own who you are, what you did. And there are people who live 20 years and they never own the dot. They never own it. 
And that's the best thing you can do today is start with that. I need to own the fact that I blew it. I made a mistake. The second thing is to say you're sorry and seek forgiveness. And that's not easy. That can be swallowing a lot of pride. But you cannot move on, I promise you, you will not move on the shame blanket. You will not get out from under it unless you own it and you apologize and you seek forgiveness. If it's between just you and God, then just ask him for forgiveness. If it's you and another person, ask them. Now here's the clencher that that people don't always understand. And it frustrates me because I feel sad for people. And this is very important on this point. You may not have someone who accepts your apology. If that's ever happened to you, it's a, it's a horrible experience when you say, I'm sorry, I mean it, and they say, I don't care. I'm done. Get out. I'll never trust you again. That's possible. That could happen to you. It's happened to some of you, no, no doubt. As a matter of fact, that person may hate you the rest of their life. Does that mean you have to stay in the shame? No, it doesn't. And this is very important. Get out of that by knowing that you have apologized, you have asked forgiveness, and whether they accept it or not is irrelevant to your future. Now, it makes it tough and you can be sad, but that doesn't mean you haven't done what you're supposed to do. You do what you're supposed to do. And then the third part is the most important one too, and that is forgive yourself. But you can't forgive yourself until you do the first two steps. you got to own it and you got to admit and, and ask for forgiveness. If you do those three things, I promise you, you have a future. But I cannot tell you how many people in my life over all these years I see that are stuck back there with the dots. They can't get past it. They can't become Paul. They're going to be Saul forever because they're just ashamed. They're just embarrassed. They can't get over it. And I'm going to call some of you out today. To say, it is time for you to get up and get over this. It is time for you to reach your potential. God made you for something specific. And the dot is keeping you from becoming who he wants you to become. Who do you think you are? He's God. Do you think you hold the keys to all this? No, God made you for more. Release that to God. Trust his forgiveness. And let's get on with 2020 vision. Let's get on with our lives. Let's get on with the purpose of why I was born and why I was put on this earth. That's what we have to do. Steps four, five, and six are a whole nother sermon. We'll get to those later. (laughs) I want to move to this last point. The fifth clarity comes when I find my motivation. I find my motivation. When I read Paul's motivation, I get it. I'm going to read it, verse 14. Just listen to this. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. In other words, my whole life is about pursuing that plan that God has for me. That's it. I'm going for that. I'm going for that. I'm I'm leaving nothing on the table. I'm going for that. This is what motivated Paul. It's the why. Everybody's motivated by different things. Some people are motivated by the physical want of things like houses, cars, money, 
diamonds, jewelry, all that, like physical stuff. But not everyone's motivated by that. If you're motivated by that, you'll, you'll chase it. You'll chase it. Some people have psychological needs, and they're motivated more by wanting to be popular or liked or received. They want more followers on Twitter. They're, they're driven to become famous. It's just, or power. You know, these are psychological needs. They're not necessarily physical, tangible needs. They're all real. But Paul's motivated by the spiritual side, and that is to know Christ and to give him your all. I, uh, I don't know if you can see this, but this is a card that has one three-letter word on it. Why? Why? I was talking with our pastors a couple months ago, and someone in the room asked one of our admins to just make cards for all of us, and so they just quickly got out a pen and made why. And I, I have this on my desk 24-7, or I have it with me. Because I am committed to asking why. Because if I know what is motivating me, I'll see my heart. I'll, I'll really see my heart. If, if you would consider a couple things. Why, why are you here today? Why? Why do you give? Why don't you give? That's a, that's a why. Why? Why do you work? Why do you believe what you believe? <laughs> why? Why do you tell the truth? Why is that important to you? Or why do you tell lies? Why do you want to be single? Or why do you want to be married? Why? All these questions go on and on and on. I uh, came across a great little story about a, an American investment banker who was taking a trip down to Mexico for some vacay time and he walked out on the dock and this Mexican fisherman came up in his boat and he had a couple nice yellowfin fish there and, and he, he commented to the fisherman he said man those are beautiful fish the guy said yeah I, I make a living fishing and feeding my family and I really enjoy it and the American said, well, how much time do you spend fishing? And he said, well, not, not really that much. You see, I, I like to sleep in a little bit, and I like to fish a little, and I like to play with my children, and then I, I take a siesta with my wife, Maria, and we stroll into the village each evening where we have dinner, and I play guitar with some of my amigos. The American said, that's ridiculous. Do you understand that if you would fish all day, you could catch more fish? And you could buy another boat. And then that boat would produce money. Then you could buy another boat. You could have a whole fleet of boats. You could have an office in L.A. and an office in New York. You could be worth millions before all this is over. The fisherman said, well, how long would this take? And he said, probably 15 or 20 years. But you could do it. And he said, but then what? He said, but then you could retire. And what would I do when I retire? He said, well, you could have a little boat in a fishing village and... You could sleep in late, you could fish a little and play with your kids and take siestas with your wife and in the evening you could go have dinner and play guitar with your amigos. We get it, don't we? First of all, there's nothing wrong with being entrepreneurial. I, I, I am. All my kids are. And so some of you own businesses, you're going, you're, I mean, go for it. But why? That's all I'm asking. 
Do it. Go for it. But why? Know the why. Know the why. If you know the why, it changes everything. And in these next two weeks, when I'm talking about pursuing God and pursuing people, I want us to know why. Why am I a pastor? I I was 16 years old at a youth camp when God knocked on my heart in a big way. And I responded to an invitation. All these years later, it would be easy to lose that moment and get blurred. And this could become a mechanical job. But I can't let that happen. Why? 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 Because I believe the call of God is still on my life and your life and on this church. We are placed in this city. Why build this building? Why launch a campus? In Why have Old Town? Why would we plant another church? Why? Because there are people who are very confused about God. And we're a church that can bring clarity to people. There are people who believe God is a big angry God with a club ready to beat them. And we are letting love live by all the acts of kindness that we do. Why? I'll tell you why. Because that's the mission of God. That's why you're here. That's why we give. It's why we do what we do. And if I know the why, I can do it with my whole heart. And I invite you to that. Get up this year. Get up this year. And go for the things God is putting in your heart. Be motivated for the right reasons. Be passionate. This last verse I'm going to share with you, and I'll shut up. Philippians 3, verse 10. It's just a couple verses before where we started today. But Paul, it's, this is the mission of his life. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want that. You guys, if we want that and that's the motivation of our life, we will find it. And we will have eternity with God and we will have purpose on this earth as long as we have breath. Amen.